for the What is nothing? Now that's D. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Hey, welcome to That's Deep, Bro. Serious questions with silly people. I am your host, Christina Pajitsky, Um, and I just had a fucking awesome cheeseburger and fries, and I, I went to In-N-Out, which is a chain we have here in L.A., and people people go nuts for In-N-Out. It is, that is our thing in California, and it's good. It's really good, because it's all fresh, and they make, their, they make French fries out of real potatoes. Can you believe that? <clears throat> they do, and the meat is fresh. It's not frozen, and um, the saddest the saddest is is when you they give you the option to eat in your car, and I was like, absolutely, of course, I'm going to eat this right here in my car on my lap, all over the place. Oh, it feels it feels good, it feels good. Sometimes you got to break down, you got to do it, bros. It's part of life. Can't always be on the straight and narrow. I can't I can't always behave. <sighs> so, what's happening? Help my show, guys. If you want to support That's Deep Bro, please shop on Amazon using my banner. What that means is go to thatsdeepbropodcast.com, click on, um, there's a little square for Amazon. You click on that and you do your shopping as you normally would and it kicks back some change to my show. And I really appreciate those who have already done that, especially with the holidays. Um, have you already done your shopping? Or just in life. Why, why leave the house ever? Why not have everything shipped to your front door using Amazon? That's what I do. Yeah, it's worked out for me. Okay. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So I got an email about doing uh, an episode on anxiety, which I think is just such a great topic because I think I've said over and over on the show that the two things I get emailed about the most are Christina I have depression and anxiety like the two go together like fudge and caramel like peanut butter and chocolate like peas and carrots like I don't know <laughs> silly it's silly like french fries and ketchup they go, they go together, and, um, and I thought we should explore it. What, what is anxiety? What causes it? What can you do about it? Because I think at some point everybody goes through bouts of it. If you're human, <laughs> I think that you do go through it. Um, some people more so than others, and why is that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to let's look into that, okay? Let's fucking, let's bro, let's bro down. All right, man, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got up and I 
Job Buddies, Boss Hog band from like 2008. Um, it was John Spencer, John Spencer Blues Explosion and his wife, Christina Martinez. I don't know if they're still married. I hope they are because I really like the idea of them being married because uh, they're both so fucking rad. And that was her band, Boss Hog. Oh, no, this is from 1995, Boss Hog. Sorry, this is old. All her lyrics are pretty, uh, pretty kooky. I like her. I like her. She's pretty dark. She goes deep on it, bros. <laughs> so I want to start off this episode reading an email I got from a girl named Chandler. Chandler? What a cool name for a girl. Uh, uh, try to um, cross my legs, but I weigh 5,000 pounds. <sighs> okay. Chandler started off listening uh, to your mom's house. Yeah, my other show with my husband. And uh, she got in that deep bro and... Um, she said that she, we used to talk about our shrinks a bit more on your mom's house. And um, she writes that she doesn't feel like she's getting the most out of her therapy sessions. I know a lot of this has to do with finding the right person, etc. And she wanted me to do a podcast about how to get the most out of therapy. And that would be awesome. Um, well, that's a, yeah, you know what? That's not a bad idea, bros. Uh, I'd like to get deep on it. And what? how does that work? How does therapy is so cool? excuse me, it's a hamburger, so cool, and it's really transformed my life, I tell you, I, um, as many of you know, if you've listened to the show from the very beginning, I had a, you know, childhood was a little hanky, and so I grew up with a lot of anxiety, I was, by the time I was <laughs> an adult, or like a 20 year old, and I don't, but not take it back, by the time I was 14, I was already riddled with anxiety, and depression, and, and anger, and, um, suicidal and and just a fucking mess and therapy really 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 changed my life and and helped me tremendously and um yeah and if you don't feel like you're getting the most out of your therapy sessions chances are you're not because I think you're the only one that can gauge that with your uh, therapist I know I at least in my opinion at least what's worked for me is like I really like to get in there and um, I like a challenge. I like to get deep on it. I like her. I like my lady to really get in there and like, I like to slay my dragons because life is so short that uh, for me, it was always easier to deal with the horrors of whatever unconscious matter I was dealing with. I, um, how do I put this? The The fear of the unconscious stuff was lesser than the amount of anxiety I was going through by not dealing with them, if that makes sense. Like, uh, I just, I didn't, I couldn't live in anxiety anymore. I I think that the moment that broke me down in going to therapy, I was about, ugh, hold on, I'm putting my leg up. Uh, how old was I? I think I was about to get married. I was 31 or 32, and um, I had just gotten off the phone with my mother who... Uh, was still alive at the time, and and my mother loved to. <laughs> she wasn't doing. <laughs> she wasn't doing this intentionally. Okay, I, I know this now as as a thirty nine year old woman with years of therapy under my belt. Um, I know that my mother was not intentionally torturing me, but it felt like torture at the time. Is she? Uh, she called saying that she was in the hospital yet again, and she was dying of a stroke. And I needed to come down there immediately and take care of her. And 
all of this. And that had been a consistent theme in my childhood was taking care of my mother, being my mother's caregiver, both mentally, uh, spiritually, physically. And I was never a good enough caregiver. That was the horror of it all. It's like, um, she would, she did have legitimate physical illnesses. My mother suffered cancer twice and, uh, she would send me to the grocery store to get her things. And then I remember I'd bring them back and they were good enough. That's not what I asked for. That's not what I wanted. And so it was like a perpetual thing of disappointing, uh, this person who I desperately wanted, uh, I desperately wanted her approval. And so the, that final call, that the last call, that was actually, I believe one of the last times I ever spoke to my mother. So, wow, we're talking like eight years ago. That's the last time I spoke with her. She demanded that we come down to the hospital. She had been dying of a stroke and I hung up the phone and I'll never forget this. I was living in the ghetto at the time in, uh, in downtown LA, just a fucking nightmare of an apartment. <laughs> and uh, I hung up the phone. I was alone in the apartment and I just started crying. I just broke down. I started shaking and crying and, and, and just had this uncontrollable, um, anxious reaction to just going through that conversation with my mom because it brought back all the childhood crap and I knew what I was in for, and I knew that this was this was a no-win situation. This is just this is the suffering. This was the cycle that she and I um, would go through. And I was so full of anxiety that I could like it, it, it. You know, for those of you who have gone through panic attacks or who have anxiety, you know that it's not it's not relegated to the one subject you think is bothering you. Um, anxiety trickles into every other facet of your life. If you're anxious in one area, chances are the anxiousness kind of spreads um, like a cancer through every other facet of your, of your life. You, you live in a general state of anxiety in a general state of panic and a general state of high alert. At least that's how I experienced it. And I got so anxious about my mother um, Oh, and by the way, we visited her, my husband and I, and my then fiance at the hospital. And the, <laughs> I asked the doctor if she had had a stroke. And he goes, no, 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 your mom just had a panic attack at the Lamps R Us and she passed out. And uh, we just brought her in. And I was like, okay, <sighs> I got to see somebody because this, this, this life is out of control. I was out of control. My brain was out of control. It was... It was it was like this involuntary thing, this this anxiousness. It was horrible, and that's when I started seeing um, a shrink, and I got lucky this time around. But I'd seen shrinks before, just none that I had really clicked with. Uh, so to answer your question, Chandler, I think like love and like um, most things, you feel it uh, when it's right. You can feel the you can feel the parts click in. You feel like you trust this person. I think even on um, like an aesthetic level, I like the way um, my therapist looked. You know, I just I liked her appearance. I liked I liked how her voice sounded. I liked her demeanor. I liked her the way she spoke to me. And I think those are like really important. 
because there, there was this other therapist I saw with Velcro shoes um, and like horrible light denim jeans and he looked like a garden gnome and I was like, motherfucker, if you don't know how to dress yourself, you, why are you giving me life advice? Like you can't even put on regular ass shoes. You can't get your life together to grow a normal looking beard. Like, fuck you. Fuck off. You can't tell me anything. And I, I left that guy <laughs> just on aesthetics alone. Like I'm serious. And I, I know that sounds terrible, but no, not really. You got to judge people sometimes on how they present themselves, especially a therapist, man. Uh, yeah, you feel it right away. And you should kind of feel fucked up in the beginning. When you leave your therapy in the beginning, like for the first few years, I would say, um, you should feel fucked up. Uh, you should get in your car and be like, whoa, like, uh, I still get my mind blown every now and then by my therapist. Uh, but you should be getting your mind blown kind of on the regular, not in the very beginning. I would say like the first few months, you're just kind of getting to know the process. You're getting to know each other. She's getting, or he's getting to know you and your patterns and your triggers. And then if they're worth a shit, they should be blowing your mind now, but there's also different types of therapy. I should just do a podcast on this. Um, Oh, there's cognitive and behavioral and all this shit. So, you know, but I think if they're not challenging you, that's the problem. You should have a discussion with this person first before you ditch them, though. Tell them you want to be pushed more because I know sometimes they push you as far as you as they feel you can handle. So maybe they're afraid of of pushing too hard or whatever, but. You know, I don't know. I've always told my shrink, like, let's go, dude. Like, I'm not here to fuck around. I don't have time to fuck around. I feel like I lost 32 years of my life before I started seeing a therapist. Um, I don't want to waste another 32 figuring this shit out. Like, let's get in there and let's... <laughs> I need to stop having anxiety. Like, right away, dude. And so that really helped me. So yeah, so let's uh let's get into it. Anxiety, what is it? I don't know if you remember the movie Airplane. <laughs> Here's them. Um, Nearly a oh, century good. of a, a commercial. Good, good. I'm so excited. I always got to force you to watch the 15 second thing, which I never watch. I never fucking watch it. Turn down the volume. Fuck you. Fuck you. God, it's just such it's such torture ads. Okay, so here's the best panic attack scene of all time. <laughs> anymore. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Calm down. Now get back to your seat. I'll take care of this. Calm down. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Don't do your one on the phone. Everything's going to be all right. Please. Sister, please. 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 airplane dude airplane one of the funniest movies i think of all time they're all standing in line to hit this woman who's having a panic attack (laughs) it's so stupid there's so many so many great lines in airplane right come on fucking june cleaver speaking jive that's probably one of the funniest things ever now here's a real panic attack on an airplane which (laughs) is hilarious Okay, listen to this guy fucking losing his mind on a real airplane. Help me! Help me! Help me! 
That is exactly what it feels like. It feels like you're just going to die. My favorite part in this video, by the way, is the guy sitting next to him, restraining him, is so frustrated about a minute into this attack that he's like, you're not going to, you're fine. You're not going to die. Come on, bro. Like, he's so over this guy's severe panic at dying on an airplane. (laughs) My favorite are also the comments um, on this. This is great. Every airplane should carry at least a bottle of Xanax or alcohol. That'll do the trick. At least for me it does. But don't mix them. <sighs> oh, God. Indian man having a panic attack. But white guy comfort. Wait. But white guy comforting a white guy. What? This, this person is like, oh, he's, he is, IZ, probably a terrorist. Good. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Everyone who's ever had a panic attack knows that that is exactly what it what it fucking feels like. Like you're just gonna die. You're so out of control, right? You're so out of control. You have no idea why and how you got here, and you have no idea how to get the fuck out. And if when you're in the midst of it, it just it feels like there's nothing anybody can say either to get you out of that state. It's so horrible. Oh. <sighs> Ever since I can remember, I've had anxiety. Ever since I was a small kid, and and I know it's because my parents, you know, when I had anxiety about issues that kids do, I would go to them, and my parents would affirm my worst fear. (laughs) Instead of hearing, like, it's okay, we'll work it out, we'll take it day by day, step by step, my parents would be like, yeah, of course, this is terrible, you're going to die, you're going to end up in the streets Everything's terrible. The world is a bad place. If I got a bad grade in school, my mother would immediately go to, well, I mean, you can always repeat the fifth grade. Yeah, it's no wonder I had massive anxieties about everything in life. Everything in life. I remember I developed a weird phobia of vomiting somewhere around eight years old. Um, Because it started a time I got got food poisoning. My mother... uh, was watching me at the time I got food poisoning when I was a little kid and she overreacted so much. Like she responded with so much anxiety that it gave me anxiety and I ended up developing like this weird food thing where I was convinced I would vomit every time I ate and I would psych myself up so much that every time I ate I would like, (gasps) I would start getting a panic attack. And the only thing that would help me was going down to the swimming pool at our building, our apartment building, and putting my feet in the water. I remember that was like the one thing that would distract me. And and I think that's what the key is. Kind of distract yourself. 
and then I would calm the fuck down. And it's weird because that food thing would manifest itself later in life. Like I remember I had a shitty relationship that I was in and I start I came back. That vomiting phobia and uh and I didn't put the two two together until years later. I was like, oh, that's because I hated my relationship and I wanted out, but the thought of it was too scary to consciously have. So it manifested in the form of like this phobia, which is, I think, what phobias are. Uh, luckily, I've done extensive research and I can tell you exactly what that is. Uh, but yes, anxiety, totally normal to have. I, th- I think a lot of people have it. Um, I've My therapist likes to use the phrase anxiety provoking to me a lot. Apparently, lots of things are anxiety-provoking for me, so I imagine they are for you, too. Uh, Anxiety is characterized by a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain income, uh, uncertain outcome, which, like, no duh, all of life is an uncertain outcome, (laughs) right? Isn't all of it? Just all, all of life is uncertain, you know, I could get in my car and die any minute. Uh, I could find out I have a cancerous tumor in my brain tomorrow. All of it. All of your life is tentative and, and tenuous. I mean, I try. we try not to think about that. But it's kind of fucking true. I think we should all have anxiety all the time about the possible things that can go wrong. Because they are countless. Countless, countless, countless. Just in your body alone. Oh, my God. (laughs) Am I making your anxiety better? Yeah. But then again, some people don't have it all the time. Some people aren't as anxious as I am. Uh, There are people that get it, like, in seasons, right, for reasons. Seasons and reasons. Shit like um, an impending wedding, maybe a family dinner. Hell, yeah. had a family dinner a while ago. Like, just the thought of it. Tons of anxiety, tons of anxiety just leading up to seeing these people. <sighs> it, could also, uh, it could also escalate to having a nervous disorder, to manifesting into compulsive behavior or panic attacks. That's right. A nervous disorder, I mean, I can't, get, I can't speak on that stuff, but I, I think I'm just going to talk about general anxiety today. Uh, but a nervous disorder is characterized as a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. You know, people have OCDs and, and, and things of that nature. I think that's how it manifests. Hold on. There's other ones. Like there's panic disorder. And people with this condition have feelings of terror that strike suddenly and repeatedly with no warning. Other symptoms of a panic attack include sweating, chest pain, palpitations oh yeah and a feeling of choking which may make the person feel like he or she is having a heart attack or going crazy hello of course oh it's the worst <laughs> sometimes i just i used to get that way from smoking too much pot that's why i don't smoke pot anymore um social anxiety disorder yeah i think i think everybody has a little of this stuff right also called social phobia, social anxiety disorder involves overwhelming worry and self-consciousness about everyday social situations. The worry often centers on a fear of being judged by others or behaving in a way that might cause embarrassment or lead to ridicule. Of course, hello, who doesn't? 
is there anybody on this planet that just goes awesomely into social interactions? I mean, you have to have a little bit of that. I'm not talking like this is serious. There are people with serious disorders. I don't mean to to belittle that, but I think it's it goes on a spectrum of severity, you know? Specific phobias. A specific phobia is an intense fear of a specific object, such as snakes, heights, or flying. The level of fear is usually inappropriate to the situation and may cause the person to avoid common everyday situations. Yeah, there was a TV show about that, about overcoming phobias. There's like a woman who wouldn't get on the freeway and then the therapist went to work with her for months and then she could finally get on the freeway. Oh, what a nightmare. And I think that's the, that kind of, the phobia stuff happens when you don't deal with the anxiety at a manageable level and then it gets blown into full-blown phobia because it's a lot easier to develop a phobia about snakes or flying than it is to deal with the actual root cause of something. I'm, I'm assuming that's really, really bothering the person. It, like they can't handle it on a conscious level. And so it kind of manifests into this unconscious stuff. That's what I'm understanding this to mean. I'm no therapist. And then there's generalized anxiety disorder. This disorder involves excessive, unrealistic worry and tension, even if there is little or nothing to provoke the anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I've had that. <laughs> I think, yeah, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> Sounds like perfectly, that makes sense to me. You just wake up anxious. Who hasn't done that? You ever wake up and just have panic for no fucking reason whatsoever? Of course you have. You're listening to this show. <laughs> I can't tell you how many days of my life I've woken up with just panic for no reason. Ah, 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 what am I going to do with my life? What's going to happen? Am I going to die today? Ah, I didn't wake up like that today, but I woke up like that, I think, two days ago. <laughs> And then, then I got it. And then I learned in therapy to talk myself into the reality of the situation, not to what I think is happening. Because that's kind of what you're doing, right? I mean, it's not the same as fear. It's uh, fear and anxiety are different. Um, okay, so anxiety is not the same as fear, which is a response to a real or a perceived immediate threat. Now here's where anxiety is even more insidious in a sense because anxiety is the expectation of the future threat. It's, it's so you're not even under threat, but your body gets to experience all the fun of fearfulness, all the fight or flight responses and the panic and easiness and worry characterized by fear, but not, not actually, not actually, there's nothing there. There you go. That's why it's so sucky because it kind of robs you of your um, your life in a really insidious way. Like there are things you're reacting to shit that's not even there, but to the things that you're you're fearing will be there in the future. You know, for instance, that call with my mother. Uh, it, it, it's not that the actual call gave me the anxiety. It's I'm already thinking five steps ahead. I'm already down the road of like, oh, fuck. Fuck, she wants me to take care of her. I got to go to the hospital now. There's going to be phone calls. I gotta, she's going to yell at me because I'm not a good enough nurse. Oh, God, here it goes. Like, 
I just saw my future and it was horrendous. Anxiety is an emotion characterized by an unpleasant state of inner turmoil, often accompanied by nervous behavior, such as pacing back and forth, somatic complaints, and rumination. Ooh. Yeah. The feeling of imminent death. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't uh, pace. I used to chain smoke a lot when I had anxiety. That was fun. Smoking's great for anxiety. It really is. It's too bad it kills you because it's such a great habit for um, anxiousness, nervousness, depression, weight loss, all of the above. But it'll kill you. You can't do it forever. Um, and guess what? Surprise, surprise. Anxiety is an existential uh, principle. Did you know that in philosophy? Hello, of course. How many, how many philosophers are anxious motherfuckers? A lot of them. And this... Article here cites Soren Kierkegaard. He shows up a lot, um, a lot lately. He writes something called the concept of anxiety. Described anxiety or dread associated with, quote, the dizziness of freedom and suggested the possibility for positive resolution of anxiety through the self-conscious exercise of responsibility and choosing. I think what he's saying is like, you've too much, the world is too open and you have too many possibilities and that in and of itself is anxiety-provoking, as my therapist would say. I think that's, there's some truth to that. Um, if you do acknowledge that you have a lot more freedom than you think you do, because a lot of us are like, I can't do that. No, actually you can. There's a lot of shit. There, there's a lot of possibilities in this world. And, and, and maybe, yeah, on a philosophical level, I kind of get that. It's, it produces anxiety. What am I going to do next? What if I make a wrong move? What if I ruin my life? What if, what if, what if? <sighs> There's a psychologist named Otto Rank. And uh, in 1932, he wrote that the psychological trauma of birth was the preeminent human symbol of existential anxiety and encompasses the creative person's simultaneous fear of and desire for separation, individuation, and differentiation. You know, I kind of, I used to not buy that horse shit, but I kind of get it, and I think it's on a real primal level. It's not a conscious thing. I think that's what he's saying, too. I don't think it's conscious. But, I mean, the truth is, you are created inside of another human being. You are, you are a symbiotic being. Um, you get your nutrition, your life from another person and then all of a sudden you're just kicked out into the world and you're spit out and now you're supposed to like just do it right you're just supposed to be cool with that and I do think there's a yearning an unconscious yearning or primal yearning to be back with mommy to be connected to something else makes perfect sense doesn't it yeah well there's nothing you can do about that that is just that is just neither here nor there. But it's true. I think that's fucking true. Um, people facing anxiety will likely withdraw from situations which have provoked anxiety. There it is, provoked anxiety in the past. 
So obviously, social anxiety, stranger anxiety, all that shit. Furthermore, anxiety to link with... Oh, yeah, and, and I believe this too, that physical stuff manifests from anxiety as well. What do you think IBS is? <laughs> OCD, panic disorder, all this is... These are, these are manifestations of anxiety. And man, that is the truth. You ever had anxiety used to direct, still does directly affect my pooper, like directly affects my shithole. I have had, I mean, I'll tell you when I started doing stand up, the first seven years, I just shit my brains out before a gig. Like if I knew I had to do stand up that night, I would start shitting from like nine that morning all day until performance time. And that is a physical manifestation of just feeling anxiousness. And uh, so anxiety can also be thought of in terms of a state, like a short-term thing. Like I said, maybe you have bouts of anxiety throughout your life or a long-term trait. Like, for instance, you know, Woody Allen would be considered an anxious character, right? You're, you're worrying about shit to the point of neuroticism. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, neuroticism. Mm. And anxiety disorders are a group of mental disorders characterized by feelings of anxiety or fear, blah, blah, blah. It can be partially genetic, definitely. I think that um, you inherit that stuff. It can also be due to drug use. Hello? Who hasn't known one of those people? Uh, yeah, anxiety can be caused by stimulants, obviously. Uh Alcohol, caffeine, sure, that can cause it for sure. Withdrawal from certain drugs. Um, anxiety kind of goes hand in hand with uh, depression because it tends to stimulate the same parts of the brain. I think the chemistry of the brain um, is activated the same. So they're like kissing cousins. Isn't that neat? So if you're anxious, you're likely depressed and vice versa. But not necessarily, but just they go hand in hand which probably explains why so many people write to me saying that they have, they have depression and anxiety. Um, anxiety usually comes with bipolar disorder, uh, eating disorders, major depressive disorders, certain personality disorders, and but those can be treated with lifestyle changes, medication, and therapy. Oh, Okay, in positive psychology, anxiety described as a mental state that results from a difficult challenge for which the subject has insufficient coping skills. Of course, of fucking course, dude. Of course, you, can, you don't know how to deal with stuff. That's why you're freaking out. Because I think, you know, more functional people don't have anxiety over so much crap. You know, they figured out they know how to talk themselves. Positive self-talk, which is what I've learned to do over the years. I don't have nearly as much anxiety as I used to because I see what's really happening versus the story that I'm telling myself in my head, which is what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah? Okay. Family history can contribute. Parenting factors, all right? If you had a parent who rejected you, yeah? Hostile parent, harsh discipline, high maternal negative effect. That's what I had. Boo, 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 boo. Anxious child rearing. You had an anxious mom. <sighs> Modeling of dysfunction and drug abusing behavior and child abuse. Oh, for sure. Of course. Now, here's the good news. If there is any about um, anxious people, they did a study, and apparently if you're anxious, you tend to not have um, 
as many accidents as people who are not anxious because you're hypervigilant. So that's a positive thing. <laughs> but you didn't know that. Yeah. Anxious people are less likely to die due to accidents. Yeah. It serves a, anxiety serves a good thing. The purpose of increased vigilance. There you go. So it's good for you. Not really. <laughs> so you're like, Christina, great. Now we've talked about anxiety. What can I do? I'm listening to you and I'm full of anxiety. Uh, what can I do? Well, there's medication. Okay. Antidepressants. Anxiety-reducing drugs. I was taking something at some point uh, that slowed down my heartbeat by like just a hair, I remember, because I had such anxiety about performing that I would give myself migraines. And so this doctor prescribed something to slow my heart down. And uh, that ended up fucking up my performing. So I stopped taking it pretty quickly. But it got me through a lot of stuff because I was really, really freaked out about performing. Um... So yeah, medication can work for sure in the, in the short term. I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's long term. Psychotherapy, my favorite, addresses the emotional response to mental illness. Mental illness. It is a process in which trained mental health professionals help, you know, you talk through your troubles and understanding what the fuck is happening to you. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Type of psychotherapy in which the person learns to recognize and change thought patterns and behaviors that lead to the troublesome feelings. Because the fact is, what you're doing when you go through anxiety is you're repeating all the negative stuff, right? What if, what if, what if, what if? And you're going down the rabbit hole. And that's why you're having this negative reaction. The what if, what if, what if, what if this, and then, 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 then. So therapy helps you go, okay, wait a minute, what's really happening? Is Is this really a causal chain, or am I just spiraling is this just a learned thing from like a childhood thing or, or something in the past that happened to me? Um, and it helps kind of rewire your wiring because your wiring's screwy, everybody's. Your wiring. That's, that's the whole problem. The brain is wired, hanky. Dietary and lifestyle changes. Well, yeah. I mean, look, if you're doing tons of Coke, of course you're kind of, kind of anxious. Coffee doesn't help anxiousness at all. I know people who've just cut out caffeine. And have had significant improvement with anxiety. Relaxation therapy, I don't know what that is, but it sounds pretty cool. I like to relax. Hypnotherapy, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of hypnosis. I believe in it. I stopped smoking using hypnotherapy nine years ago. It's been amazing. But do anything, anything that kind of brings you out of your own head and, and takes you out takes you out of that looping because that's what's happening. You're going and looping and looping and looping and anything to snap you out of that loop is really, really helpful. And I think the essence of anxiety is you're, you're worried about shit you can't control. You know, there's, you, there's things that you cannot control. And for, at least for me, the anxiety sometimes feels better than doing nothing. You know, you're worrying about things. Um, it's like, I, I can't control this thing, but guess what? I can worry about it. <laughs> And by worrying about it, I'm somehow helping the cause. And that's just not, that's not true. The, the, it'll sabotage your life big time. Um, and also stuff you're repressing causes anxiety. What are you not dealing with? That's a, hu- that's a huge, and anxiety can be a positive thing in that it's teaching you, it's showing you. Your body is manifesting this asshole because you're not dealing with something. So deal with something, asshole. 
I think it's a great way uh, as an indicator to see what's going on in your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes I'll get generally anxious, and then I'll remember something that happened like a couple days ago. I'm like, oh, that's why I'm anxious, because I had this thing happen, and it triggered this and that and the other thing. Yeah, and um, again, I'm talking about general anxiety. If you have any of these disorders, get professional help. I cannot help you if you have severe phobias or OCD or crap like that. But what I'm talking about is general anxiety, right? The anxiety about having a conversation with somebody uh, or, the, you know, about, or maybe the outcome of some big decision about tomorrow, about today, about life. <laughs> and the, and the, the suck part about anxiety, too, is that the, you kind of have to push past it and do the thing that terrifies you or have the conversation that terrifies you. Because what happens with anxiety is the, the less you do in the world, it just tends to compound and get worse and worse and worse. You know, it's like being unemployed. Like when you're unemployed and you've been unemployed for a long time, it gets harder and harder to get back into the workforce because you're so, uh, you get so stuck in being unemployed. Um, Yeah, so don't avoid that which scares you. I, I advise to go headlong, go head first into that which scares you and gives you anxiety. That's the only way you can conquer it. Like with stand up, I think after seven years, I stopped being anxious. Seven years. I had to actively push past what terrified me. That's kind of the only way, bros, that I see. Give yourself a little medicine and get past it. Um, or try not to do it. I don't know. Try not with, not with the medicine. I know a lot of people use alcohol to do stand-up. I think that's fucking terrible because then you get dependent on the alcohol. But, um, Yeah. I think too, because anxiety is from thoughts, you're just your thinking is 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 not clear. And that's why you're having anxiety. So stop fucking thinking those thoughts. Stop it. Stop it. Find a better thought. Seriously. And I know that sounds too easy and it is, because it is, because it is. If you're making yourself crazy with what you're thinking, think another thought. Think the opposite. That's what affirmations are, which are so corny, but true. There's a reason they work. It's because you're just saying the opposite. For instance, uh, let's say you're telling yourself, I, I hate meeting so-and-so. That person is going to do this and this to me. I hate having dinner with friends. You say to yourself, I love having dinner with my friends. It's so fun and positive, and I guarantee it'll help tremendously. Whatever you're looping on negatively, change it to a positive. And for some reason, it works, at least in the short term. Um, And also remind yourself that, I mean, unless it is a life-threatening thing, most of stuff in life, it's just not that fucking serious, bros. It really isn't. You know, you're you're letting that thing, at at least I get anxious about smaller things. We're letting that thing have way more power over me than it should. You know, and and in the grand scheme of things, on your deathbed, are you really going to be worried about a conversation you had with so-and-so, a fight you had, um, um, some gathering you had to go? Like, dude, don't. You really just got to learn to say, fuck it. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Nothing I can do. I can't can't control it. And also, why am I taking myself so seriously with all this shit? (laughs) Like... The anxiety is usually you being the center of the universe. Like, ah, I can't do, I, 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 I. 
I'm talking about little things. I'm not talking about massive out of control anxieties, the little stuff, right? It's just you, your brain, you being the center of the universe. Yeah, and you're not. Nobody is. Um, sometimes what helps is the bad thing. I hate to say it, but sometimes biting your nails feels great. Um, ice cream solves every problem under the sun. I'm convinced of it. <clears throat> My husband suggests jerking off. A lot of people do that when they feel stressed out or anxious. This is in the beginning phases, like when it's starting to come on anxiety. Sometimes it helps to derail it with doing things like that, right? Um, but what really helps is to not do the compulsive thing and to sit back and go, what the fuck am I avoiding? What's causing this? And trace your steps and trace the root cause of the anxiety and see if you can work backwards and like mm, make a better choice emotionally. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Affirmations, suggestions, dry yourself out of it. Um, also, like I said, do the thing. Do do something even if you don't feel like it. There are times I uh, I would get social anxiety, like oh, I don't want to go out and see people, blah blah blah. blah. But when you're like that, that's exactly the time to go out and do something. Do the thing even if you don't feel like it. Just do the thing. Do something that brings you enjoyment. Music, painting, sewing, knitting, whatever the fuck it is, go out and do that thing before it escalates into a panic attack. Um, and also see your shrink. <laughs> but until you see your shrink, um, distract yourself because it's all in your minds. It's all in your minds. It's all in your mind. That's the scary part, you guys. It's all in your minds. Most of the stuff, all of life, it's in your mind. Isn't that the craziest thought ever, Rose? It's all in your mind. Everything, all of it, all of this existence is in your mind. And you have the power to control it. You have the power um, not to control everything, but to, to, uh, to change it. You have the power to change it. If you believe you can, I'm telling you, it can be done. I'm living proof. I lived with so much anxiety for so many years. And... Um, I don't really have it anymore as much as I used to. I'm not saying I'm anxiety free. I still get those bad thoughts. I still can loop very easily. Um, but at least I can see now what I'm doing. And I can recognize the looping before it gets out of control. And that's the key. Is don't let it get out of control. So there. There you have it. Um, anxiety. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting how the smallest solution is often the easiest and the best. Seriously, stop it before it gets out of control. Stop your thoughts before they manifest into full-blown panic attacks, okay? Like if you're, listen, that guy on the plane freaking out, screaming he's going to die. You think that motherfucker didn't know the airplanes give him anxiety before he went on the plane? Of course he did. So here's the thing. If you know you're going to go into a situation that is, quote, anxiety-provoking, like my shrink would say, do have a plan. You know, it's like dieting. Dieting, right? When you know you're going you're gonna to try to lose weight, you carry healthier snacks in your purse. Whatever. Carry your almonds with you. Whatever the piece of fruit so that you're not tempted to roll into, into McDonald's instead of eating the healthier thing. And that's the same with anxiety. I'm a huge believer in uh, hypnosis. 
I, uh, I believe that you can, you can train your mind that way. So if you know you're going into a situation that's going to give you anxiety, prepare yourself, have your mantra ready, have your whatever with you, your, (coughs) maybe you have a little trinket with you that calms you down. Maybe you say a mantra that calms you down. Maybe you have a hypnosis tape, an album that you listen to that calms you down. You know, there's a ton of great resources, man, on iTunes if you go, there's a woman named Anna Thompson, Anna Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, and she has self-hypnosis CDs on every fucking thing you can think of. Uh, social anxieties, and I'm sure there's a fear of flying, there's fear of intimacy, there's weight loss, there's how to quit smoking, and, and, and not just her, everybody. If the mind is the origin from which these problems come, then the mind is clearly the solution. That's what I think anyways, and it's worked for me personally. I don't know if you don't believe in hypnosis, it's cool, but it certainly can't help to arm yourself with as many tools as you can before you go into situations that give you anxiety. And also, look, you, this isn't your first rodeo. The reason you're anxious is because you've probably had prior experiences that sucked, right? The reason I get anxious at a family dinner is because in the past, people have thrown plates during family dinner. Uh, Lives have been ruined during family dinner. (laughs) People have have moved out during family dinner. People have done horrible things during family dinner, so I I fucking hate them. But I know what to expect. I know that my uncle so-and-so is going to say this thing that's going to upset me. I know that my cousin so-and-so, she's going to, he's going to whatever, do something that's going to piss me off in this way. And so I come prepared mentally, I'm saying. I have, I have, you prepare yourself mentally for what you're going into. And then it's not so fucking bad. But don't act like this is your first rodeo, kids. If you know it gives you anxiety, plan. Plan ahead. Plan your plan of attack. Use your mind. You're capable. And, and fucking get in there and, and, and take life by the balls, man. Don't, don't let your brain stop you from doing stuff. It's fucking horrible. You don't, and you don't need to live with it. You absolutely don't. You refuse to live with anxiety. Refuse. Tell it no. No. There you go. There you go. That's my preaching. <laughs> There's your sermon for today, kiddos. Uh, you have the power in your mind, I believe, to do anything, almost anything. You're not going to be an astronaut. Most of us won't. But there's, you know, you're entitled to happiness. You're, you're entitled to live an anxiety-free existence. Believe it or not, you are. You're entitled to joy. You're entitled to wake up and not have crippling anxiety and depression and fear. This life isn't, it's not supposed to do that to you. You know, whatever's happened to you in the past doesn't, it's not a sentence. Uh, to be fucked up in the future. I firmly believe that, okay? It doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to repeat the, the sins of your parents or the sins of whatever happened in the past. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, if I can overcome it, son. Yeah. Nas deep, bro. That's it. That's it. I believe. I do believe. I know it sounds corny as shit, but I do. I absolutely believe. Uh and the power of, of the mind and the ability to conquer, right? Because if I didn't, then I'd be a fucking mess my whole life, and I refuse to be a mess. Done. Did it long enough. It's not very fun. <laughs> 
All right, bros. Until next time, um, that's been deep. And I I wish you the best of luck in, in conquering your mind because that's all this life is, man. You're just conquering the demons howling in your head, telling you you're not good enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not enough. It's just your horrible brain playing tricks on you. Don't let it. Don't let it. You're better than that. I know you are. All right, bro, bros, bros, bows, <laughs> bows and bros. Stay deep. Until next time. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's deep, bro it is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.